We solemnly swear we're up to no good. Hi, I'm Gary Roby. I'm Victoria Laguna. And we're the hosts of Harry Potter Minute, the fan podcast where we overanalyze the Harry Potter movies one magical minute at a time. Join us as we argue about whether or not McGonagall would meow at Dumbledore. She wouldn't. As we ponder just how much Harry's fortune is worth. Just $40. As we guess how much mileage one gets out of an Ollivander wand. 100,000 jinxes. As we detail the ins and outs of Hogwarts Castle. It's only a model. Join us Monday through Friday, only from DuelingGenre.com. Mischief Managed. Dueling Genre. And welcome to the Protagonist Podcast, where each week we look at a great character in a great story. I'm Todd Mack. And I'm Joe Dorowski. And this week we are discussing Troy Bolton and Gabriella Montez from High School Musical. And this is a patron request from patron Tyler. And thank you, Tyler. Uh, this was actually, he had requested a different movie. And then I'm going to guess, but I cannot confirm this. And maybe he can make a comment in the Facebook page. I think it was when we talked about Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane. There was a joke near the end of the recording where somehow High School Musical came up. And I think, Todd, you said, we may get to that. And I said, no, there's no way we'll ever get to High School Musical. <laughs> and then uh, he requested that we change from uh, his other choice to High School Musical. And I had never seen it until this week. And uh, can, I, can I read the quote from Tyler? Yeah. He said, he said, okay. Can I change my prota- my protagonist to Troy Bolton from High School Musical? I feel that I would be much more entertained by that discussion. I'm completely <laughs> serious. <laughs> and uh, and here we go. We're gonna we're gonna see uh, how this goes. Um, High School Musical. I was aware of it as a phenomenon, but by the time it came out, Todd, you and I were both in grad school, right? When no, this was uh, the year that I I was in my oh master's yeah program, I, I, I was doing my master's. Yep, I was doing my master's degree. Okay, yeah. Uh, and so I never really processed it at the time other than knowing it was a thing in the culture. Uh, and we'll get into the, the trivia section. We'll talk about how much of a thing high school musical was. Uh, what about you, Todd? Oh, I watched this, uh, opening night. Oh, my, really? my little sisters were right in the demographic for this. And they told uh, me and my wife that they really, really wanted to watch it. And I was like, uh, you know, like kind of too cool for it, but also sort of curious. And so uh, we sat down and watched it. I have watched this uh, a fair number of times. Um, this is a, a favorite in our family. And my kids love, 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 love this show. We watch I, it a lot. Well, I've now watched it twice because I watched it once uh, just to get it. And then I was watching it again while writing up the summary. And while I was watching it the second time, my nine-year-old daughter came in and she did not leave <laughs> from uh, well i kind of said hey this is something we're doing on the protagonist podcast you may you may like it come see if you like it and yeah she uh as the credits were rolling she said isn't there a second one <laughs> so yes. i think it still has a draw on uh the demographic it was targeting my kids were so excited when i told them that we were doing this for the podcast i um i don't think they've ever been as excited to know that I was going to be talking about something uh, than than they than they have been for this. They this is really one of their favorites. Now, producer Andrew, you have a, another podcast where we talk about Disney properties. So you uh, and particularly your wife, yeah, uh, are huge Disney fans. So are you familiar with High School Musical? Yeah, I'm. Like I probably watched it opening night, um, but it was when I was less and less invested in the Disney Channel original movies or DComs. 
uh, as they are abbreviated. Um, Disney Channel original, original okay, movies. Got it. Yeah, yeah, it, it tracks just. <laughs> just um, this is, I mean, this is not in the heyday of DCOMs. There was a period um, where they had just like they were just crushing it. They went full Hallmark and were putting them out all the time. They right? they did um, at least one year where it was twelve months straight, uh, one per month, uh, and you could just count on it. And that was probably their golden age, and they've never really had a renaissance. Um, but were they as good as were they as good as High School Musical? Oh, they were better. All right, what, really? I, okay, what, so, what is that? give me a top decom. Uh, Brink. Okay, I've never heard of it. Halloween Town. Ne- Don't know it. Never. Um, phew, Though, actually, Smart no, House. Smart I, House would be considered one, but it does not hold up. I will say Halloween Town. I actually saw the name of it because some of the people in High School Musical were in Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never seen any of these. But I haven't seen them or heard uh, of them. I like Halloween Town is is one of the very best. I think Brink is is very 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 good, um, okay. and it's one of their earliest ones. So there's like there's a, a fuzzy area where there was like the Disney premiere made for TV movies, um, and then it transitioned into the Disney Channel original movies. Johnny Tsunami would be another big one. Nope. Okay. Yep. Um, <laughs> but. You know, like there was there, there's a golden age of okay. Disney Channel original movies, and this is maybe at the end of it. But this blew the lid off of like as far as cultural impact, anything that came before or after. Yeah, almost certainly. Um, oh, and they knew it. I have some trivia about this. Certainly. This is like, the big one. <laughs> and they, they knew it like they were advertising this. This was a big deal coming yeah. in. Um, oh, they had Kenny was, Ortega directing it. I mean, yeah, our old friend Kenny Ortega. <laughs> um, I, he okay. I'm pretty sure. At this I point, like Kenny Ortega. I we have he, he's, he's got something. Seems like he never strikes out. Um, so I'm pretty sure at this point that as of this recording, Kenny Ortega is the most discussed creator featured on the protagonist podcast. Well, it's definitely at least three uh, three things. It was Hope's and Focus I think he's and Gilmore Girls. That means and he's beat. Um, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman is the the next one I can think of. J.K. Rowling. J.K. Rowling. Oh, J.K. Rowling. We've done three. Okay, but three. And so Kenny Ortega and J.K. Rowling were our our highest variety because yes, for J.K. Rowling it is a single series. Yeah, and Kenny has had three completely different. Yeah, yes. Hocus Pocus, Gilmore Girls, and uh, and now High High School Musical. Musical. Which listeners? And there's so much more. You've got to get to Newsies. (laughs) Yes, we haven't done Descendants. Oh boy, Todd! I don't know that that's on the docket. <laughs> no, I don't want to throw that around casually as what? an invitation to a patron. You just said that. <laughs> uh, High School Musical listeners, if you're completely unfamiliar, was a 2006 Disney Channel original movie or DCOM, if you're in the know. Uh, that was written by Peter Barsacchini and directed by our old friend Kenny Ortega. It starred Zac Efron as Troy Bolton and Vanessa Hudgens as Gabriela Montez. It tells the story of two two high school students who break out of social cliques to try out for the school musical. And I think, I guess we kind of already covered the, how we came to it. So I'm just going to jump straight into the trivia. So a decade plus on, cause this was 2006 when it first aired. I think it's possible for us to forget how big a phenomenon this Disney channel original movie was big deal. Uh, it debuted to 7.7, million viewers which at the time was a record for a disney channel original movie uh respectable but in no way indicative of the impact high school musical was set to have for a little bit of context what is a a tv debut in the millions for like these days um if there's like a popular tv show it's not getting seven million viewers on the night is it uh no well this is also like like time shifted viewing and everything airing plus seven maybe 
Yes, I yeah, think like, Aaron Big Bang Theory doesn't get seven million views. Oh, I, I think it does because that's one of the. I think the top ten are still clearing that. Uh, certainly in the plus seven, which is the seven day plus DVR viewing. So like the the whole system of ratings is is it a, a wibbly wobbly phase at the moment. We haven't quite sorted it all out, and this aired pre. You know that era before so, DVR was yeah. really. So I'm guessing when this was airing, like top shows on mainstream networks would have been in the 20 million plus viewers. Um, that's just a guess. I would have to go verify that. But seven is certainly for a cable channel, uh, not a bad uh, ratings. Uh, and for a made-for-TV movie instead of an ongoing show. Yeah, and this was again January 20th, 2006, is when it was released. Um, however, then. It just blew up. <laughs> Repeat viewings uh, kept uh, kept getting bigger. I'm, I, I think I saw sing along. Yeah, there were sing along versions, and Disney kept putting it on because everyone kept watching. Uh, they they knew where their bread was being buttered at the time, <laughs> and then they heard that more bread was made to be buttered <laughs> because uh, a sequel was released in 2007. So one year later, they did uh, High School Musical two. And then High School Musical 3 was released in theaters, not on the Disney Channel. It made $42 million its opening weekend before making $250 million plus worldwide. Uh, now, you're, you're neglecting the side quill? No, that, that's okay, years you're later. Getting so wait for it. Yes, okay. uh, that's uh, three years after the High School Musical 3 was released in theaters. We get the spinoff Disney Channel movie, Sharpay's Fabulous Adventure, which was in 2011. Uh, the soundtrack reached number one in the US. It debuted like the week the uh, movie came out. It debuted in like the 200th spot. It has one of the records for like rise to number one because when it debuted, wow. no one cared. And then <laughs> it fairly quickly became uh, the number one album. Uh, and this would have been still CDs were sold yes. back in this day. <laughs> yes. And so and those still exist. You can find those are, you know, physical artifacts in some stores. <laughs> if, if you're really <laughs> looking for them, um, the ever shrinking section of Barnes and Noble that <laughs> yeah. hosts physical CDs. But like, like people would have been going out to buy the, the CD. Yeah. Uh, so this version, uh, the American version was filmed at East High School in Salt Lake City. But. This was popular enough worldwide that they have licensed foreign versions um, where they made uh, um, an Argentinian version, a Brazilian version, and a Chinese version of this. And I think I, I read oh, that in each of those what? versions, they're the, the main uh, male characters playing a different sport. <laughs> I think it was football, uh, <laughs> rugby, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember what the other one was, but I think it was three different sports uh, they were playing. Uh, between the first and second films, this was popular enough that there was a concert tour that was launched with all the cast except for Zac Efron because Zac Efron did not sing uh, in the first film. I think there's a few he lines. Sang, he sang a few lines, um, mostly like when it seems kind of awkward mm -hmm. <laughs> and, yes. and not very good. He couldn't hit the high notes. Yeah. Even though it's like his voice is pretty high. And he was like 17 or 18 when this was filmed. Uh, Drew Seeley did his vocals in this film, High School Musical. Uh, and so Drew Seeley went on the tour in between High School Musical and High School Musical 2. But in High School Musical 2 and High School Musical 3, Efron does sing. And he also sings in The Greatest Showman. Out now. Uh, Disney has produced a stage play and an ice tour adaptation of high school musical. I don't know anyone who's seen the ice tour, but it was out there. I doubt it's still going at this point. Um, also there's a very popular book series, like millions and millions of copies uh, in the book series were sold and also six different video game adaptations of high school musical. Oh, wow. <laughs> we're done. Six. 
They really capitalized well, on this. it is Disney. Uh, they, they know, they know a how thing to... or two about marketing. <laughs> they know how to yeah. milk it when they hit it big. I'm not even done yet, Todd, because in preparation for High School Musical 3, there was a reality TV show on ABC owned by Disney uh, that was called <laughs> High School Musical Make the Picture, I think it was called. And the promise was that the, the winner would appear in a music video playing during the credits of High School Musical 3. Not in the full cast, <laughs> but a musical video during the credits. Um, now, Joseph, one thing I need to mention before I forget <laughs> about the international ones. I don't know how they haven't licensed a Bollywood version. This seems like it's made for a Bollywood adaptation. You know, you're not wrong <laughs> about that. It kind of already is a <laughs> Bollywood like it, it feels a lot like some Bollywood stuff. Yeah. As far as I know, Bollywood. Yeah. Um, High School Musical, uh, this is one of my favorite bits of trivia. That was a working title. Well, they tried to think of something better, and they never did. <laughs> and so, they just said, market is High School Musical. It's that High School Musical movie. And I remember briefly when they announced that the third one's going to be released in theaters, that that one's going to be called High School Movie instead of High School Musical 3. Aww. But I'm sure someone in marketing at some point said, no, we've got the brand. We just got to keep the brand going of High School Musical. Mm -hmm. But I love the idea of like switching it now to just High School Movie. <laughs> um, and according to IMDb, there was a duet planned between Coach Bolton and Mrs. Darbus, but it was never filmed and we're all the lesser for it. I agree 100%. I do not feel the lesser for it. I hate both those characters. Oh, oh I, so love, I love I love Darbus. Like there's an I think he's to the teenagers in this and then there's uh, the, like, chewing the scenery from the like, adults these are in this like film. Harsh, harsh archetypes of yes. like mean coach dad and overdramatic drama teacher. Yeah, and I, like I'm like, can you take those take those archetypes? And then ramp them up to 12. Not 11, 12. <laughs> yes, the, 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 the actors yeah. from both those roles are really chewing the scenery uh, in every scene that they're in. So imagine a duet. Because <laughs> like I said, there, there is an earnestness to the teenage characters uh, that it feels more grounded than the adults in High School Musical. And then, But like, mean coach dad is like, okay, he's, he's pretty cool a lot of the time until he's like mean coach mode. And then it's like, why are you being this like this weird, gross, like harsh, militaristic coach character? Now, I did see uh, recently uh, keeping the franchise alive. Uh, there was a bad lip sync video of High School Musical that is one of their most popular. That one just came out in the last few oh, months. Oh, one of the bad lip reading. Or la bad lip reading. Yeah, videos. And then um, I mean, there was a, a few spots of bad lip syncing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that does exist. School. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we're talking about the, yeah, uh, there's uh, the, the kind of viral online series of bad lip reading where they take um, either live interviews with people or uh, clips from movies and mm -hmm. they do a voiceover that lines up with the lips but completely different words I feel like Twilight was one of their their, their first, first breakout yeah, yeah. and they've done and some they, Star Wars ones and their they, NFL they've done, ones oh they did a great one and it's Han Solo but he's being dubbed by Mark Hamill. Yes. That one was really good. Uh, but they, they just seemed to, from what I saw, it was in the last few months, they did a high school musical one that has been very popular for them. So I think there, there may be like a wave because also the, the actor who played Colch Bolton has been, uh, for some reason started releasing video diaries as Colch Bolton, <laughs> <laughs> like reviving this one. And uh, I, I, I didn't have a chance to watch any of these, but the one thing I saw said, these are pretty funny guys. <laughs> you should go watch these. Wow. Yeah, I kind of feel I, I've always felt like I could kind of do without Coach Bolton, but Mrs. Darbus, like she, she's, she's uh, the best zingers. Oh my goodness! <laughs> During the montage, she's and just her, um, her 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 classroom, yes, her desk area. Her desk. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, it's a throne. Okay, so let's like just our reactions to this film. I'm going to say like <laughs> clearly, I'm not the target demographic of this. This is a Disney Channel original movie targeting tweens and early teenagers when it was released. 
And it still works for that demographic. Yeah, still works for that demographic. My daughter, nine-year-old, loved it. Uh, I enjoyed watching this. It's not high art, but I definitely enjoyed it. But, and I laughed out loud way more than I expect to do. There is some fabulous writing. It is. It is, oh, it is, I did, I did it's better than decent. Yes. Yeah. No, I, enjoy, I, I, I enjoyed watching this. Uh, like, <laughs> it's, it's good. It's but, not great. I, I, I don't quite understand what they tapped into to make it such a phenomenon that had, you know, broken out of all their other Disney Channel movies to that point. But again, I enjoyed watching this and I 100% left out, laughed out loud way more than I thought I was going to. There, there were some moments. So my wife and I watched it this week and there were some moments where we were talking about maybe not discrepancies necessarily, but just making commentary on things. And, and that was wonderfully enjoyable. There are moments when the basketball players are practicing outside, which this is set two weeks after New Year's Day in Albuquerque. <laughs> and guess what? It is not as lush and green and you do not have yeah. outdoor basketball practice. Filmed in the summer in Utah. Yeah, set definitely. in the dead of winter in Albuquerque. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the team colors yeah. are kind of a bright red, but they get a little washed out mm-hmm. in the exterior. And it almost looks like they're playing prison ball. <laughs> because they've got red jumpsuits on that look a little bit too orange. You're like, that does kind of look like a like a prison team. I did notice they did uh, slip in uh, Zach funny. and uh, and Vanessa into blues when everyone else is wearing reds a lot to make mm-hmm. them pop more as the uh, the leads. So there's some nice color work going in the directing here. Yeah. So we, before we move on to the long synopsis, uh, we want to thank each and every one of you listeners uh, for listening, and especially those uh, who support us on Patreon. If you would also like to support us financially, we invite you to go to patreon.com slash protagonist and support our show with at least $1 per month. All supporters on Patreon at any level receive access to our special quick casts, which are shorter episodes in which we discuss our fantasy box office game. We talk about stuff that we're uh, reading or listening to uh, recently, and we discuss newly released films and trailers. And all patrons who support us with $5 per month or more get to choose a topic for us to discuss. And now for the full time. synopsis. Are we now? Are we just going to let this this. go, or are we jumping in? All right, I've got a few side notes that I wrote into my summary, so feel free to jump in with any side notes that you feel need to be addressed um, as we're doing this. Okay. We open at a ski resort on New Year's Eve, where we meet our two protagonists, neither of whom want to go to a New Year's Eve party that the lodge is hosting for teenagers or young adults, as one of the moms says to try and make it sound better. She calls it a kid's party at first and then changes (laughs) it to young adults. Yeah. Uh, Gabriella (laughs) just wants to keep reading. She's kind of a bookish sort, while Troy just wants to keep practicing practicing basketball with his dad, kind of a sporty kind of guy, if you will. (laughs) But their moms (laughs) insist that they go, so they go. (laughs) At the party they are attending against their wills, they are selected to perform a karaoke duet against their wills. Fortunately, even though they both insist that they cannot sing, and they look positively mortified and uncomfortable to be up there, they both perform flawlessly, and their voices are good enough that, well, they might not win American Idol, but they could at least star it in a made-for-cable musical. (laughs) Now, they both agree to do this thing, you know, as teenagers do when being prompted to do something against their will around strangers. Yes, yeah, as all teenagers do. Yeah. Their duet begins and props to whoever selected the karaoke song because the lyrics are living in my own world. Didn't understand that anything can happen when you take a chance. And perhaps there might be some thematic significance to this song choice as we go through. We'll we'll keep an eye on that in the plot. 
After their duet, Troy and Gabriella cautiously flirt uh, and very chastely flirt, I will add. Uh, and each uh, gets the other's phone number into their phones. Uh, but before Troy can find out where Gabriella lives, she has disappeared into the night like Cinderella. One week later at East High School, Troy's friend Chad gives us a bit of exposition. The state championship basketball game is in two weeks, which I don't know what kind of playoffs they're okay, having. Yes. <laughs> Where there's a two-week gap between whatever the last New game Year's. was over New Year's. This makes no sense. Also, it's like the the wonderful, wonderful weather in Albuquerque yes, in yeah. January. Yeah, okay. First of all, yeah, this is supposed to be like January. No, but here's 5th. the other thing. It's not the state championship basketball game, you guys. The, they call it the league championship. And at one point, they also say but the then city later they call it the city, the city <laughs> championship, which is nothing. Yes. Like, you, like, there's like two, two high schools in, in Albuquerque. Yeah. <laughs> This makes no sense to me at and all. Is there a tournament involved? Because what tournament takes a Christmas break between what? whatever <laughs> stages of the playoffs were earlier and the championship game? I also assume yeah. that uh, East High is just going to be facing West High. <laughs> yes. I, I did not look at their jerseys at the end of the movie. It was actually North. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I did not note their, their opponent uh, because they don't matter because they're not East High Wildcats. Mm. That's right. Uh, okay, uh, so now we're back at school at East High, and we also see a new student. Gabriella is being given a tour by the principal. She's telling her mom that she doesn't want to be the freaky genius kid here. She just wants to be a normal student. And then we see Troy's homeroom class, which is taught by the drama teacher, Mrs. Darbus. And he sees Gabriella walk in, and he takes out his phone and calls the number that Gabriella from the karaoke put into his phone to see if it really is the girl from that night. Uh, her phone rings and Mrs. Darvis, who is stridently anti-cell phone in the classroom, she sends everyone who has a cell phone out to detention uh, or says they're going to detention after school. This is going to include Sharpay and Ryan, who are twins uh, who have had the leads in every drama production. So they are your 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 drama class, you know, your drama club mm-hmm. people. Uh, also, uh, Troy and Gabriella, he had his phone out to call hers. Hers rang. Chad insists, so Chad is Troy's friend on the basketball team. He insists that Troy can't go to detention after school because he has basketball practice, which lands Chad in detention because he protested. Wait, we're not done yet <laughs> because then there is Taylor. She is the captain of the Scholastic Decathlon team, and she makes a joke about jocks, which gets her in detention too. Then the bell rings and class is over. Okay. This is my deep dive. I went deep on this scene. Okay. I, I became obsessed with this scene. I went back and watched it multiple times. Okay. Uh, it is one minute and 28 seconds long. I recorded this. From bell to bell? From bell to bell. One minute, 28 seconds. There is no cut that says there's a lesson that we missed. This is just bell rings. The, these things that I just described happen. And then the bell rings and everyone leaves. And we find out later that she teaches a class during homeroom because she says, today we're talking about Shakespeare uh, at another oh, time. So this is supposed okay. to be an actual class. This is supposed to be their that homeroom class. That was one minute and 28 seconds long. And in that almost 90 seconds, we get reminded about sports, told about auditions for the spring musicale, including <laughs> that pairs must try out together for the lead roles. And we're also informed about the Scholastic Decathlon team. And we see six kids get sent to detention. This is the most efficient 90 oh, seconds of filmmaking that I can also, remember. Also, how many cell phones were thrown in a paint bucket? Yeah, I, like I, so much happens in this 90 seconds of high school music. Um, I, I want to, like, this is a big moment to establish characters. Uh, Chad is always holding a basketball yes. in this movie. <laughs> like, I cannot yeah. think of a time when he does not, there's not a scene where he doesn't have a basketball in his hands at some point. 
Also a great Chad moment in this scene. I believe he refers to Mrs. Darvis as your honor when he's trying to argue. <laughs> Sorry, yes. your honor. <laughs> <laughs> Just, like it flew by. I'm like, that was pretty good. Okay. Also in the scene, uh, I had this for a later point of discussion, but it had a, uh, the scene opens with kind of a tracking shot through the classroom and you just get snippets of conversation. And there is a moment where you see Zach Efron say, and it's audible where he says, he's talking to Chad. He says something weird. He says, all I can remember is like pink jelly. And I was like, the yes. first time through, I was like, did he say pink jelly? Whatever. And then when I did my deep dive, I'm like, he really says pink jelly. I wonder if anyone else has noticed that. Oh boy. <laughs> Let me tell you, people have noticed this because I went over to Google and I typed in high school musical Pink Jelly. Guess how many responses I got on Google? A million. Well over two million, Todd. Oh my gosh. Including fan fiction explaining <laughs> Troy Bolton's experience with Pink Jelly. In that line of dialogue. Um, what a scene. What a 90 seconds of film. You, you also get... Uh, a one-liner from a non-named character who I don't remember appearing anywhere else where he asked Mrs. Darvis how her, her break was. <laughs> yes, and everyone groans. Suck <laughs> up. Oh, man. <laughs> this is good stuff. Yeah. We are we are not far into this movie. There's a lot to go. No, no, yeah. We, I, I, don't, I don't go as deep on any scene other than that homeroom class scene. I will just... Don't, don't expect that level of, <laughs> of detailed analysis coming up, listeners. So after that class, the bell is rung 90 seconds after class started. Uh, Gabriella and Troy, they go and catch up in the hallway. And they, she this says... It's probably longer than the homeroom class yes, was. Probably. They're, they're she says, my, my mom got transferred and now I'm living in Albuquerque. And, but my mom has promised I'm not going to transfer again. So don't worry, Troy. I'm staying. She doesn't really say that, but it's implicit. Uh, they then linger near the sign-up for the musical, musical auditions, <laughs> she says. Oh, oh. I know she's over the top, but I did enjoy her. Uh, I like her a lot. Yeah. So they 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 linger near the musical auditions, and they sort of are coyly wondering if the other one wants to go. Sing. Are you going to sign up? No. Yeah. Are you going to sign yeah. up? No. But if one of them did, the other would, because their only connection right now is karaoke. And and you have to audition as pairs. Yes, as pairs. Because that Kestra, my wife, wanted to make. Wanted me to make sure that yeah, that is up, not a drama like, thing. No, auditions do not work like that. Yeah. Also, callbacks when they get to it do not work like that. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 there are many things that don't work this way. <laughs> and, and that is what we've already broken down the basketball one. Uh, the musical one doesn't work that way. I'm just going to go ahead and assume that the academic, uh, the scholastic decathlon doesn't work that way. Not an academic. <laughs> um, is there anything in this film that actually does work the way that it, that it that it's portrayed? Uh, instant attraction that you're afraid to admit to. That's that's valid. Um, <laughs> okay. I, right. I did have a question uh, about detention in movies. I've never experienced detention. I don't know anyone who's experienced detention where they're like, no, you just stay late that day, and never mind. Oh, my kids. Never do. mind <laughs> if like there's a school bus or your parents are picking you up. I don't like, forget about it. I I don't understand. I don't, I'll tell you how it works. I'll tell you how it works at my kid's school, okay. and it's that uh, if you forget your belt. Uh, you get detention. If you is this a uniform school? Your, just to be clear, yeah. Okay. If you don't, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't have your homework signed by your parents, uh, then you get detention. It's thirty minutes after school, and if you get detention and you have a, a cross country meet, then you miss the cross country meet. Is that per infraction, or is that just a flat thirty minutes? Uh, no, there's a uh, there's a there's a limit. So you get like. So say uh, three infractions and then on your fourth infraction, it's 30 okay. minutes. So, but say on a single yeah. day, someone who has already had their multiple infractions before forgot a belt, 
didn't have signed homework and was five minutes late. Are they there for an hour and a half or are they there for 30 minutes? I don't know. I think they're there for 30 okay. minutes. It, is there a mechanism for informing like their parents? So, so yeah, you not, get a phone call that says, so your you, kids, you get a phone call that alert. says you're in detention today. Yeah, they don't have, we don't have a, uh, there's no bus. There's okay. no buses at our school. So they just call you, you and say, your kids have, your kid has detention. Yeah. And then, and then you may or may not drive to the school and say, listen, <laughs> we have places. To I, be. Think there's, I think there's been a huge misunderstanding. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, back to High School Musical. So uh, neither of them sign up for the auditions. And then we go to basketball practice where we have another musical number. Uh, did, this one did, did, about keeping your head in the game because Troy is feeling distracted. Did you skip that Sharpay did sign up? Oh, well, Taking Sharpay, up half of the available lines on the, the page. The entirety of the available lines in the, in the couple uh, audition. Phase. She, she left room for the her course. Name, never mind her brother, <laughs> yes. who will be her partner. And then left room for the course below. Now, uh, Sharpay did notice them lingering, and she is suspicious of Troy and Gabriella uh, staying near <laughs> her sign-up sheet. Because that sign-up sheet, in her mind, is just a personal invitation for her to write her name down, and no one else's. Uh, and so she goes and Googles Gabriella, and she finds out that Gabriella led her old school to wins in the Scholastic Decathlon. So Sharpay prints out one of those news articles and puts it into the locker of Taylor, the captain of the Scholastic Decathlon team. Now at detention that afternoon, Taylor asked Gabriella to join her team. Uh, and it, I don't even remember seeing Gabriella say yes, but she's there. She's now on the team. I can't remember how that all, all that plays out. Um, and then we go to basketball practice or we cut over to basketball practice where the coach who is Troy's dad from the opening scene. I think this is the moment you find out he's actually the school coach. Uh, he realizes Troy and Chad are missing and he goes to get them out of detention. And I love it. when he, Now he, is, he marches into, so the detention was taking place on the, in the auditorium and they're like doing stage, uh, stagecraft, stagecraft. They're building trees, yeah, you know, for, yeah, for the upcoming and production. And Troy's dad walks in. He says, what the heck are those two doing in that tree? <laughs> Because <laughs> Troy and uh, Chad are painting a tree. Um, and uh, he goes and gets them out of detention. And uh, back at practice, Troy's dad gives a big speech about focus and keeping your head in the game. Kind of a reference to that earlier uh, song and dance number. Which was a separate basketball practice. Yes. During their free period. During their free period, they had that basketball practice. Without this a coach. This is their and then after this is the one with a coach. Yeah. Uh, and I've got to say, that musical number had for me the most awkward moment when Zac Efron rose up and had his little solo. Uh, about feeling awkward that for me was like the weirdest moment of all the musical moments in the film but i did enjoy the kind of uh pseudo stomp using the the squeak of sneakers as part of the beats and the beats of the basketball, the basketball dribbling I, th I thought that was handled well but his solo moment I'm like mm, this is not landing the way it's supposed to um now we go and see uh troy at home which this home Okay. I have some comments because later there's a discussion of, you know what a scholarship is worth these days? It's in this scene. Like, this home does not need a scholarship. Yeah, the owner of this home is not concerned about funding yeah. college. Also, is not a high school basketball coach as yes. your primary means what of employment. Troy's what is Troy's job? mom's job? <laughs> Troy's mom is successful at yes. whatever it is that she has pursued. I mean, I don't know what the home market is like in Albuquerque, but if it's anything like it is in Utah... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, it, it was a very large a and well-looking home. Level basketball court in the backyard with a fence to keep the balls from going into the <laughs> yes. trees nearby. Uh, and so while he's practicing with his dad, Troy tries asking his dad, he says, what if I try something new? And his dad's like, what, going left? <laughs> <laughs> he can't think of <laughs> it. <laughs> 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 uh, 
and it, it's like a good bad dad moment. Yeah, because uh, Troy, like he, the dad, only talks about sports stuff, and then he says, "Well, what if I try something like that?" And my friends laugh at me, and, and he says, "Well, then they're not really your friends." So like you're getting there, but then he Wait, still kind of like, ends on like you're gonna. This is come, coming back to bite you, Dad. Yeah, but it, it still kind of ends on uh, do really good at basketball because there's going to be scouts at this next basketball game. And I've got to say, though, baby Zach Efron, uh, not tall enough or doesn't have the physique to be a college basketball player. I'm not sure how tall Zach Efron is now because but, but, he was like 17, 18. He probably did not grow much more after yeah. this. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure the scouts are penciling him in just on the physical attributes of his basketball he, game. He, he is, He'd have to he be is, wily as a point guard. He is not the tallest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so now it is time for the musical tryouts and Troy sneaks into the back which of the is, auditorium to watch occurs during free period, the free period. not after school or anything. Yeah. It is only during the free period. And I guess everyone has the same free period. Uh, I and guess. We get a- well, the thing is, is that there is, here's the secret about the school. There is no real period. <laughs> it's all free period. Or if there's a real period, it's 90 seconds long. We've established there's, that. There's homeroom <laughs> That's and there's free period. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's 90 second homeroom there's free Science period class. there's a shop teacher that that wakes up every morning he goes out to the shop and he rubs grease <laughs> on his face and that's and all he does there is a lab class that somehow seemed to have a lot of math in it yes there was a science class we'll call it a science class that one um so yeah. uh troy's in the back of the auditorium and we get one of my favorite moments a great montage of bad singing with some really great oh, yeah. caustic lines delivered from the drama teacher um, like after one student does kind of an operatic uh, audition, she says, what courage to pursue a note that has not been accessed in the natural world. Okay. I, I do have an issue with this sequence because they are shaming other forms of artistic expression. They shame the ballet and they oh, shame the opera. This is not, Oh, come on. It's just a good fun. Yeah. And this, this is not good teaching. This is yes, not good this, mentoring. This, this teacher is bad, but sure. It sure is entertaining. <laughs> I, I I enjoy the sort oh my of gosh, uh, the interpretive, interpretive dance. dance one. She's like, that was very disturbing. Go see a counselor. <laughs> that, was, that one I quite yeah. enjoy. And that's shaming interpretive dance, Andrew. If you want. I feel like that's shaming emo kids, not <laughs> not the inter- <laughs> but. Oh, it's just having fun. I really enjoyed the sequence. Oh, man. Uh, it's hard to believe that I couldn't see. <laughs> couldn't see. <laughs> There's one other one where she's like, uh, I, I, she says, look, I appreciate your, oh, I can't remember what it is, but she's like, and about your music, that's the best tie I've seen. <laughs> yeah, I pluck? appreciate your pluck. And about your musical abilities, that is a wonderful tie. <laughs> that you're wearing. Oh, do you want to know how tall Zac Efron is? Yes. I check. 5'8". 5'8". Five 5'8 eight. Five uh, eight today. Yeah, I am a wishful 5'8". <laughs> like, I'm nigh to 5'8", and I do not have, never had a hope of a college basketball career. It was not in the cards for me for many reasons. Many, many reasons. But I think he's, he's uh, you know, 18 playing 16 in this. Yes. Um, okay, so Gab- uh, Gabriella now joins Troy in the back of the auditorium, and we see Ryan and Sharpay do a fully choreographed duet, and it looks like a sure bet that they will have the leads in the show. Mrs. Darbus calls for any last auditions, and nobody speaks up, so she leaves. But as she's on her way out, Gabriella jumps up and says, I want to try out. And Troy says he will join her for the duet, but Mrs. Darbus says it is too late. Then Troy and Gabriella go and talk to Kelsey. I want to know more about Kelsey. She fascinates me. Uh, I like Kelsey. Her. Kelsey is uh, the, composer the composer of the spring musical. Of the spring musical, yes. Which is at this point we see a sign, and it indicates that it is called Twinkle Town, and town is spelled with an e at the end. <laughs> I missed that detail. It, it is behind. I want. I want to see Twinkle Town okay. so bad. I, I assumed because okay, 
spoilers for any listeners who are intrigued. You don't see the musical in this. Oh, this no. ends with the, another, another the callback. From this ends with a callback is yes. the end of this movie. Um, and so I assumed High School Musical 2 was the spring musical. Is no. It no. About it, summer. It, what? They, they go to they all seem to work at like a country club for the summer. Yep. Which is yep, only yep. populated by people their age. This is the Saved by the Bell move. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Where the entire cast goes and gets the same summer job somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yep. I, I don't work for Disney, but I feel like there is a... Ch- a chance for a for, for the Twinkle Town musical, Twinkle Town musical <laughs> to be produced to be produced as uh yeah uh, like either you recast all these roles uh or you just say it's being revived ten years later the Twinkle Town reunion and you bring back <laughs> Vanessa and Zach to see uh you know, and, and Kelsey the the composer back to see their work uh, performed by another generation mm-hmm. of young uh yes. young performers I think I think there's probably room for Twinkle Town to be. Uh, finished, composed, and and uh, performed. Marketing wise, you call it High School Musical Twinkle Town because uh, I Here, think here's my thing about there's only thing two, about maybe three songs from it that are performed in this. Yeah, but those songs, like, I want to know how you draw, like, connect the dots between those songs to make an actual story because the one that's supposed to be sung by the leads is the hop 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 bop bop climb bop, to, bop, the to the top. Yeah, bop 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 to the top, and uh, which totally fits. Um, Ryan Sharpay, but it does but doesn't seem consistent. It doesn't have anything to. It doesn't fit them. So like I'm well, wondering. I mean, not the same song. And, and, and the others sing for the callback. Also, it's all of a sudden vaguely Latino. Like he opens up with mucho gusto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulosa. <laughs> yeah, but but then like so do do Troy and Gabriella then sing the bop 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 to the top song? No, they sing because I want soaring and flying. Well, in the musical, oh, in the musical. It, we, well, I don't know if bop yeah, bop 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 to the town, top because is both of those of songs town. should be sung by the leads. Oh man, there's there has to be a fanfic about this. <laughs> Some, somebody give me the, what, the the set list for Twinkle okay, Town. Okay, whatever path we're exploring right now, we are not the first ones to trod oh, upon no, no, no. this ground <laughs> when it comes to High School Musical. I'm sure. Okay, uh, so where were we? Uh, okay, they go and talk to Kelsey, the student, the high school student who composed the music for the Spring Musical, because uh, high school students do that yeah. also she seems to have written the whole thing yes and she says ryan and sharpay changed my music do you want to hear how it really was supposed to be performed so she plays it uh troy and gabriella s- sing it and from the back mrs darvis's voice comes out saying you have a callback which um this to, to me there is the element of ryan and sharpay where it's kind of like the slytherins in harry potter where dumbledore just keeps pulling the rug <laughs> out from under them <laughs> like, like, here's a here's <laughs> Like, 300 like, points to Gryffindor their villainy last minute. is in some ways egged on by the uh, like that's kind of unjust that they're told like they've they've done theirs they've been told basically you have the part and no one else gets to perform because time matters on the stage you're too late Gabriella oh you're really good okay we'll let you yeah. <laughs> it's, it's what happens um also you you said uh Kelsey plays she pretends to play that <laughs> yes. piano there is there is no high school piano on a high school <laughs> stage that sounds that good also she was just moving her wrists up and down. Yes. And there is also, um, I, I can't remember if it was in that one, but there's like at least one other time where she's like, oh, I'll give you the piano accompaniment and a full orchestra is suddenly playing out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, jumping ahead, uh, callbacks get posted. Sharpay is aghast that she has to go to a callback. And the basketball team is surprised to, lo- to learn that Troy secretly sings. This leads to a musical number, which I liked this one, where a member of are, each are, of the are different you discussing social- status quo, because yeah. that is my absolute, like I unabashedly really do enjoy yeah. this song and this performance like because it. I'm like, 
this is a really good message, and I am very interested yeah. in thinking about this well, topic. I mean, well, yes and no. <laughs> not, not, not a good message, but like they are saying something with this, and and the fact that they are saying it, and you're like, no, they're wrong. Yes, exactly. The, yeah, I was talking about message. this with my daughter. Uh, we, yeah. we watched it and saying like, well, what everyone is saying is the wrong thing. Like the ones who are it's like, but it's really catchy, and it and I'm like, but this like really does track for some of the thoughts that you have in high school. Okay, so oh, stick yeah. to the status quo is the song, and uh, it bounces around to different social cliques uh, where one member reveals their secret passion. So there's a basketball player, not Troy, because he says, well, if Troy can sing, I want y'all to know I want to bake. I want to make the perfect creme brulee. Great, great dream. Uh, mm-hmm. Pursue that dream, because uh, every creme brulee you make on the way is also going to be delicious before you perfect <laughs> the creme brulee. <laughs> really tasty. The creme brulees are so good. Uh... <laughs> That is worth pursuing. And then uh, there is a geek from the uh, academic decathlon who says, I, I, but I don't think it's the academic. Decathlon. Oh, well, she's at least like the, the sco- very nerdy it's, side. It's nerdy, but it seems like the history nerds and the scholastic decathlon is science nerds or something. Oh, okay. Cause it's not the same set of nerds. Well, definitely a, a geeky nerd in high school says she likes to dance hip hop. And then there's a skater boy who likes to play the cello and <laughs> to each, which his friend says like, what, what is it? What is and he that? gestures it. And he looks so high. The one who says, like, what is, is that? It's a saw. <laughs> When he does the gesture. <laughs> like, no, it's like a giant violin. Um, and so each one of these who breaks out and does a solo saying what they really want to do, they get told by the rest of their group to stick to the status quo and, you know, do what you do, which is only one thing. And high school, you're only allowed one, one, one identity. And uh, in this one, this is like the most Busby Berkeley musical uh, in in filmmaking, Busby Berkeley was one of the early choreographers in the sound era who said, when we do musical numbers, we need to like get the overhead shots where the human bodies are like you're seeing you're yeah. seeing the dancing from different <laughs> angles than you physically can when you're seeing a stage production. Like film should be doing different things for dance choreography like, than a stage. The like stereotypical one that people reference is, is like the water. Yeah, the overhead with the legs kicking out. Yeah, and, the water. and it's yeah. the choreographed water dance. Yeah. And so you get some of that kind of cinematography and choreography happening in this number more so than any other number uh, during high school musical. And Sharpay, uh, she get, make, makes a plan now to make sure that Troy and Gabriella don't steal her part in the play. She enlists the help of the basketball team and the Scholastic Decathlon team to sabotage Gabriella and Troy's friendship. The basketball team stages an intervention for Troy, making uh, him feel bad about being distracted and not being 100% committed to the team. And he eventually admits that he's he's going to be focused on the team and he's not going to let Gabriella distract him. And he talks a bit dismissively about the musical tryouts and about Gabriella. And they are filming this and sending a video feed to the Scholastic decathlon team who are showing quite a feat in twenty six or two thousand six. Yeah, yeah. Like now that's FaceTime, but back then this was not. They they needed a scholastic decathlon team to help set this up. Uh, It's funny to see the kid like sort of um, nonchalantly. He he, like opens up the laptop and then he pulls out the webcam and like clicks (laughs) it on top. (laughs) It's like there's no chance that that Troy does not notice that this is happening. <laughs> There's no other way for them to go about it, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, they could have had it. They like, should, now you've had your test, but really, I mean, that's what will be yeah. happening. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, and so Gabriella is watching Troy give this monologue and she's hurt. Uh, because and, he says some very, yeah, not cool things. Yeah, like he's trying to do it and the pump up the camaraderie with his basketball team. But, but, he but he's says, being v- way too dismissive he of said, Gabriella. He says Gabriella means nothing. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not great. Yeah. Uh, and even though he's been manipulated to, into it, you don't feel great about Troy mm-hmm. in that moment. 
and they both of them secretly practicing their songs. But Gabriella is so hurt by, by this that she tells Troy she doesn't want to go do the callback anymore. So even after that speech, he was planning on just going and doing the callback. Uh, but now she says no. So now everyone has guilt except for Sharpay and Ryan. <laughs> um, and the, that's because they're just guiltless. Yes. Like they, they can't feel guilt. Yeah. The baker on the basketball team now gives Troy some fresh baked goods and says, eat this first. So you're in a good place. And then I need to tell you something. And the basketball team reveals <laughs> that they manipulated him. And that's the reason Gabriella is angry at him. And similarly, the disgusted decathlon team tells Gabriella what they did. And she's still hurt. And Troy goes to her house to apologize, uh, but she doesn't come out. Uh, and so he creepily and inappropriately ends up on the balcony outside of her bedroom. Inappropriate. This a, yeah, this prompted a discussion. This prompted a discussion with my daughter. Also, this is a spacious balcony. Yes, yeah. Whatever her mom works at the same place as Troy's mom. <laughs> it's just, that's where she was transferred to. Yes. And so they they uh, they they reconcile, which in this case is not a euphemism for anything, which in some high school movies it would be. Yeah. But in this case, they just reconcile their friends again. Okay. <laughs> we're good. We'll we'll do the callback. Together. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna uh, sing a duet. He actually stays. He stays on the balcony. I'm impressed. He he does stay on the balcony. He doesn't enter the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Nope. Uh, Sharpay hears them practicing uh, again. So she she realizes that they're they're back, <laughs> that her plot failed. So she goes to Mrs. Darbus and convinces Mrs. Darbus to change the callback time from Thursday to Friday, which is the exact time of the big basketball game of uh, vague proportions. <laughs> Potentially city <laughs> yeah, Or just rival uh, his dad lost to this team, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. uh, but it's the same time as the basketball game and the Scholastic Decathlon. Because everything is scheduled at the same time. Yes. Uh, now, Kelsey, the composer, hears about this uh, change in schedule, and she gets the basketball team and the academic decathlon team, and they all get together and they make a plan. And Troy and Gab- uh, Gabriella make a plan so that they will be able to go do the callbacks because the callbacks are now the most important thing okay i have a thing to say here this makes no sense i mean nothing in this (laughs) nothing in this movie makes any sense but troy troy and gabrielle are like i mean everybody says we got to go talk to the teachers and explain what's going on and they'll change it back i mean the only reason that it is the way that it is is because of a totally arbitrary decision by the teacher and so and we already know that she likes them because she had them come back for a call. There's no reason that she think. wouldn't change it. At least you couldn't have the conversation that you wouldn't change anything. And Troy goes, no, 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 no. I have a plan. <laughs> and then they do, they concoct this whole like crazy complicated yeah. plan. Uh, this is totally okay. unnecessary. This but, is going to go up there. When we, when we get to Harry Potter four, uh, <laughs> we're going to talk about one of my favorite absurd plans in all of storytelling. Oh. This is up there. This is like entering the ranks of absurd plans to overcome an obstacle that probably doesn't need to be overcome in this way at all. Like you're adding layer upon layer that doesn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. So the, yeah, th- this is entering that yes. pantheon that I keep a mental checklist of, of writers who have uh, introduced a problem and, and they go with the craziest solution imaginable to, to this problem. So the big Friday comes. Uh, the big game starts after school. The decathlon starts. The callbacks start. Ryan and Sharpay are performing their song. Bop, bop, the bop. Yeah. Uh, and th- then the decathletes hack the school system to turn off the scoreboard and lights in the gym. Then they deliberately cause a chemical reaction that leads to their competition being evacuated. Both of those seem problematic to me. (laughs) Yes. There's some issues here. Uh, I love the moment where you see someone push some buttons on on a laptop at the Scholastic Decathlon. And and it follows follows cords (laughs) out to a router (laughs) with more cords plugged in. The only thing that would have made that better is if there was like a little glowing light (laughs) saying, this is the information that was just sent along. (laughs) And it's traveling through this cord. It like goes like... 
down the, the cord under a door into a room where there's a router with like eight <laughs> other cords plugged in and then the, the, the like, scoreboard goes on the fritz yeah why in the world why in the world <laughs> is the scoreboard connected to the internet but not only is the scoreboard kit, it's connected like wirelessly. No, I think they. I think that's what the extra cords were doing. They were plugging. They were jacked into the direct school. Why system. does your scoreboard <laughs> need to connect to the internet in 2018? Well, it's 2006. The scoreboard 2006. is not connected to the 2006, internet. Todd. <laughs> no, I'm telling you that in the year 2018, people aren't running it with there's apps. There's no reason to have your. There's no. There. No. I mean, I, I'm at some places. I'm sure that it is, but. Like in regular high school, it's just a. Well, that, also, this okay. wasn't just was not the high school wall. This was a jumbotron hanging above the court. <laughs> this was it. Yeah, yeah okay. I don't know where that footage oh, came man. from, but it was not from a high school. Oh man. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, now okay, the evacuations are necessary in two different parts of the school. So what does everyone do? Well, they run to the auditorium because that's what you do when, <laughs> when you... there's when there's a double evacuation. <laughs> yes, a double, two evacuations. <laughs> go to the auditorium. I, we all remember that. That, where that helpful guide where in, in high school the auditions are still going so they managed to trip all of the lights in the gym and the scoreboard cause a not, chemical issue in the decathlon but not in the auditorium yes, which it, i don't know how far away it might be from the gym this seems like a big school yeah so everyone runs to the auditorium the entire school basically where troy and gabriella go on stage for their callback gabriella is nervous she doesn't like people watching her uh, but troy calms her, her nerves and they sing to spectacular applause and mrs darvis has no choice but to make them the leads in the school play and you would think that would cause issues with sharpay and ryan but they're fine with it in the next 30 seconds <laughs> yeah that is not explained <laughs> yeah the entire student body then goes back and sees uh the basketball team win and they all have one final musical number on the gym floor i assume that they also won the scholastic decathlon but it's not at the same time yes yeah they did uh, and but but now everyone including sharpay and ryan have one final big musical number and all the bridges are crossed and now uh the the jock can admit he has a crush on the the head of the uh the decathletes and she admits okay i'll go on a date with you because that mm-hmm. intrigues me and uh the, the, the baker the boy gives cookies to bake. sharpay that at first she rejects but there's a post-credit scene where she <laughs> says those are the best cookies i've ever eaten will you make me a creme brulee <laughs> Um, and the hip hop dancer girl gets to dance in this musical number. Yeah, so everyone is now together. I can't remember the lyric. It is we're all we're all in this together. We're all in this together. And uh, and the end and scene. And I I want to see Tinseltown. What was it called? Twinkle Town. Twinkle Town. I want to see. I assume that was High School Musical too. Nope, not at all. I, seems like I'm a second. I'm, and, and and like we even get hints of what the scent the set of uh twinkle town is like there's a giant moon there's a tree yeah there's boxes i did see, like crates it didn't seem significant enough to note but uh when i was looking at trivia it said the production staff just left that giant moon on the east high school stage they left it when they were <laughs> yeah, done when they were done so the east high school drama department now has the giant moon from oh, high school musical wow. it's still there <laughs> you like you gotta believe that they try to work that into every production yeah, well, at least for a while, I'm sure after this. Oh, okay. Well, it's uh, practically it's time to wrap this up. This is going to rival a night circus. Okay. <laughs> We're going to have our only two episodes. Two episode <laughs> episodes. Time to, time to discuss something for 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, I want I us to talk a little bit about both Troy and Gabriella. But first, one thing that was, uh, stood out to me when I was watching the second time for, for writing the summary. Um, so much of this movie, uh, like 90% of the movie seems to be about pursuing your own dream and your own interests, right? Like just do what you want and don't worry about pressure from peers, right? Like that, that's a major yeah. theme, right? Yeah. But the inciting incident 
is parents pressuring their kids to go do something they don't want to do and then having peer pressure to go do something they don't want to do. And then like the spotlight guy pressuring them into singing. And then they sing and they say, well, this is pretty good. I like you. Uh, I'm glad I did this. Mm -hmm. So there's this weird balance. And I don't think it's um, I don't think it's really problematic, but there is this kind of dual message of get outside your comfort zone, but also do what you want. Well, and I think part of it is like accept the pressure to try something new. And then after you've had that experience, judge it and see if that's what you want to do. But some of the bad pressure, the bad peer pressure is saying, don't go try something different. Only be what we know you as. Yeah. And so there's a positive pressure to try something different and and then make your decisions. And the negative peer pressure is to stick to your status quo. Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. So so if the pressure is to keep you boxed in, that's bad pressure. The pressure to help you explore a little bit, at least is good pressure. And maybe you're going to find something that you're passionate about that you didn't know about before. Yeah, because like, I mean, how did Baker Boy know that he needed to bake? Somebody probably pushed him into it or he he, he experimented somehow. (laughs) All right, this is something you just said about like, where does Baker Boy find his desire to bake? It It's something that was kind of like like an idea that was at the edge of my my thought. It it shook something loose. Yeah. And I didn't know. Well, I kind of made this connection before, but I'm like, "Ah, there's nothing there. I don't need to go to it. But now I'm kind of thinking maybe we do need to go to John Locke (laughs) and his essay concerning human understanding, which is where he gets into his theory of tabula rasa, that we're born as a blank slate and um, our perception and and our understanding of reality and our thought processes are all formed by data that gets input to us, basically, Mm -hmm. by, by these external factors. Nurture, no nature. Um, and so, where does someone like, Baker like, Boy. where do some of these desires that seem out of place? I, I think the character has a name, but yeah. Uh, so, like, we we see for Zach, or sorry, for Troy and Vanessa, like, there's this inciting incident where they're kind of exposed to something. Like, there's this external thing, this karaoke party, mm-hmm. uh, that inspires them to kind of change their nature and and pursue something different. Uh, than either of them had any interest in before. Like she was book girl, he was basketball boy. Uh, and, and that's all they, you know, that was their identities. As, as Troy describes, he's like, my parents' friends, they say, your son, you must be so proud. Your son's the basketball guy. <laughs> you know, as parents' friends talk about <laughs> <Yeah>. their kids. <laughs> yeah, that was a really natural dialogue <laughs> we created there. Um, and, and so we see this this moment, but I was thinking about it for these other people in these cliques. Like what what are some of these external factors that are, are going to be changing who they are um, when there's so many other factors that are trying to drive them, like they're, they're, to maintain their status quo. Uh, and again, I don't know that there was anything there, but just your question about where does he get his desire? Maybe go back to John Locke and Tabula Rasa. Like, like what are the inputs? Um, yeah, from a from a Lockean perspective. Okay, so I'm not yes. I'm not even joking about this. My very first note that I wrote down says identity colon What makes us who we are? <laughs> <laughs> Like that's the thesis of this movie. I think it it's one of the theses of this movie. I think it's a really important thing and there's there are two really uh cool messages in this movie. Um and one is about the this idea that your identity is more than just one thing. And I think that's a really important thing to to recognize in 2018 in the United States that we are not just one thing. We're a bunch of different things. And mm-hmm. and that's awesome. And and, and and Todd, like, let me just I'm just gonna finish the thought for you. And we're all in this together. Like, yes, it's so that's cheesy, the second but, like, but like it's really important. It's like it's the important half. It's like you're not defined by one thing. Also, we are all people and we are all trying to like handle this and it's hard. Yes, I feel and like we, this is, we need this should each other's required help. viewing. This should be required viewing 
for like everybody right now. <laughs> it's such it's such an important thing. And there's, uh, I mean, talk about like a uh, diversity and 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 identity stuff. Like this is a great diverse cast, and they're all interested in doing a bunch of different things. And they all are singing this message at the end. We're all in this together. We're all going to help each other. It's cool if you want to do something different. That's totally fine. But we're going to like, we're just going to work together and do something great. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that's a great message. And And, I feel like a timely one. And Todd, I think that they do a a really interesting thing in here where all of these specific groups, like they talk about the status quo and there's the silos of jocks and and geeks and the skaters and, and all of that. But they do a really interesting thing where, like, each of those groups internally is diverse. Diverse. It's it's yes. gender diverse. It's race diverse. Like when you have the the sequence of the the nerds and the hip hop girl, like there's people of all kinds of different colors. There's a mix of genders, and you're like, hey, that's a diverse group. These silos are not built on race or any obvious class or gender or mm-hmm. anything. Like. It's just what they're interested in. And so they picked this, you know, a, a constructed identity instead of any of the natural barrier identities that we deal with. Well, and it's also saying, though, that that constructed identity is more malleable than mm-hmm. uh, it sometimes can be perceived to be. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and it's also and, more uh, welcoming. Yeah. And particularly in a high school setting, like there are those cliques. Yeah. <laughs> like like <laughs> these cliques totally. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. high school feels like that. Yeah. The, there's the skater group and there's the nerdy group and there's the jock group and the mm-hmm. drama group. And, like, and never the twain the, shall meet. Uh, yeah. Stick to the stuff, you know, like the status quo song is for me. It's really good. Like, it, <laughs> it's it really, really good. is like it, it's criticizing. It's. Like the the message of it is is definitely wrong. Yeah, but you know it's wrong. Yeah, but like and, the whole point of it is like feel this is how we're thinking about it, and we're and we're wrong, and we're brainwashing each other. Yeah. with this message, and we should stop doing this. Yeah, the status is not quo. This is what you come away feeling at the end. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Um, I have a few other notes here. You want me to run through them? Yes, sure. absolutely. Okay, so we already talked about uh, that, how glorious that um, the tryout scene is when all those kids are doing their, their dancing and stuff. I really like that. Um, I love the performances in this. I can do without the, without the dad, the coach dad. That's not my favorite part of this movie. And, um, but like Mrs. Darbus, I think is great. Sharpay and Ryan are amazing. Like they, are, they just own that role. Okay, and, uh, one thing Ashley I noticed Cristel with these, especially, she's great. Yeah, yeah if uh, even in these young actors, which I think it would be so easy to feel tentative and like embarrassed, but if you just commit <laughs> to going like big, I mean, in some ways the adults, like we said earlier, went bigger, but they're, they're committed to being mm-hmm. the bad guys in this film. Yeah, oh, and she is the mastermind, and he's the dunce. <laughs> even there's, which, there's, a, there's a moment where, like, towards the end, when like just before they enact their plan. All, all the groups are like trying to show support for each other and they're like hey we did this thing to show support for for the scholastic decathlon and the decathlete said like we did this thing to show support for you guys in your sports uh-huh. thing and then all the sports guys like open up their um, their their windbreakers and they've got like exclamation point and and lucas is like Trying to read it. Go, go dram, dram. go dram, go dram. He's just, he's just like the dumbest right there, <laughs> yeah. which is not part of his character generally that he's, you know, yeah. a moron, but it's a great moment where it's just like, he's just trying to work it out. 
Yeah, but uh, what you're saying, like the what's her name, Ashley Sharpay, uh, but, Ashley Sharpay. Yeah, like she just commits to being the bad guy who is uh, full of herself and uh, believes that she has her her place in the school that is her domain. And it's interesting though she they do say at one point like she knows she's not the queen of the school, she's the queen of the drama club, yeah. and it's the disrupting the, the disruption of that sphere yeah. is what's bothering her. She doesn't view herself as like the most popular girl in school. Yeah, she does not have like an entourage. Yeah, she just has her brother. <laughs> yes, <laughs> my my daughters, um, like a, today, as soon as they saw Sharpay, they said, "That's." this girl in our school <laughs> they, just, they, they could totally recognize her in in her and i i mean i thought i i think the performances are really good i i even like like i like zach zach efron i think um i think vanessa hudgens is 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 great like she, she does the she has shy solo new girl yeah, her she solo the angsty solo mm-hmm. yeah i like, I, 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 like the performances. I do want to say walking alone in the hallways during her angsty solo i do question the budget that this high school has in order to print out a giant poster of zach efron <laughs> of the basketball <laughs> team for her to lean against that whole basketball team with like big yeah. big posters. i recall the advertising for upcoming sports events being large amounts of construction paper basically and, and some marker markers drawn and and poster paints that's a poster paint <laughs> Well, you know, this is the kind of school where people with Zac Efron's character's house go. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, speaking of budgets, uh, this is a – I have a thought about Kenny Ortega. And it's that I think this guy, he's great. He just kind of works with what he has, it seems like. He rises to like, the level he's working with. Yeah. Like, and, and he, he makes yeah, it – I mean, like, Newsy, if you say that Newsies is directed by the same director as High School Musical, you would just think – there's no possible way because there's so there are so many things that make them so different. And yet uh, I think that one of the things that that makes them similar is that he just he makes the most of what he has. Like in in Newsies, he's working with super top notch actors and he has a, a huge budget. And uh, in High School Musical, he's working with, it seems to me, a lot of new younger kids, not a great budget. Um and and yet he does, you know, like he rises to the occasion and he and he creates something that is a huge phenomenon. Like the, guy's, the guy's got skills. He has skills. On location in a high school in Utah, you can't change the structure of it, but he gets some really good musical shots out of the like atrium. A couple of, of, a couple of them, I yeah. wonder, I'm like, is that, maybe they had a set for that? Like, is that lunchroom well, like, really the lunchroom? And like even the... Um, like, I, I think it kind of stood out and I saw it mentioned in trivia, like the... Um, the basketball practice at the very beginning with his dad when they're supposed to be like at an alpine ski lodge. That was the dance room in the high school and they just covered up the mirrors, but you can still see the bar for, <laughs> for dancers. Oh, yeah. really? And once, once I read that in the dream, I'm like, oh, I see that now. <laughs> yeah. You make it work. Yeah. Like he, he does make this work really well. He, he Tim guns this, <laughs> this film. <laughs> Tim guns it. <laughs> um, I love giants, dan- giant dance numbers and the, just the dancing and the the kids spinning around the tables that uh, that checks off all the right boxes for me. Exactly. That's pretty great well, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, this, uh, I had this catchy too. Yeah, yeah. I like this uh, this this thought that that um, that is sparked by this film about the idea of being an expert in something versus being well rounded. I like that this uh, that the that this film is pushing the idea to kids that it's great to be well-rounded. And I think that we are trying to push our young people, especially more and more and earlier and earlier towards being experts in things. 
and yeah, specialization and unitasking. Yeah. And I think high school, even high school, I mean, when I talk to a, a kid in junior high or early high school or even late high school, who's like, has their whole entire life planned out. They know exactly what they're going to do. And they know all the classes that they, all the AP classes that they need to get to take. And they're going to be taking college classes when they're 15 years old. And they're going to graduate with an associate's degree before they graduate with a high school degree. And then they know exactly where they're going to go to college. No, no, no. Be careful, Todd, because I actually did do that. No, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's bad to do that, but just to, to feel like you have to be an adult and have a career planned out when you're in high school. Oh, I did not do that. <laughs> um, I think is not great for kids. And I like the message in this film that says, you know what? Try a bunch of different things. It's okay. And mm-hmm. and to like try to support uh, these kids as they're doing that, I think it's an important uh, message. And I like it. There's a time to become an expert in something. But high school is, I, I would say, generally not the time for that. Yeah. And um, I was going to say, just jumping back real quick about Kenny Ortega, uh, some of the things that made me laugh out loud were clearly like director choices um that i'm impressed with (laughs) like i said this is a funny show um like after the big status quo song when uh one i think it's chad says to troy he's like did you know he wants to cook he wants to make a creme brulee and and then zach says uh what's creme brulee and then the guy pops (laughs) up he's like it's a creamy custard with a caramelized surface from the song the caramelized surface like the timing of his pop in and where he comes from like the staging of it the, the was was well done uh and again working within the confines of this is an actual high school structure <laughs> so work with what you got here uh one uh, one one last um frivolous thing and then one last only slightly less frivolous thing maybe <laughs> um so this school they have a lot of team spirit in the school i, <laughs> I don't know Boy, do they it is overwhelming well, yeah, like I don't know how Chad becomes like the yell leader for the whole school, but every once in a while he just breaks out in a cheer for the for the school. He's, he's like, go Wildcats and the whole school, every, every student. Yeah, they all know how to respond on screen. There should have been like because they play so well with all the, the, the clicks, there should have been like one gothic student just walking by with his like long hair <laughs> over his face, just like shuddering when everyone else <laughs> does a loud school cheer. <laughs> Yes. And then the last thing, there's a really interesting line. And um, I'm, I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on this. So uh, it's, I think it's at the status quo um, or right after the status quo part. And somebody asks Taylor, uh, they say, do, do you feel like the head of the, the, the decathlon, this classic decathlon team? And I mean, she seems kind of cool. She's not perfect. She, she, uh, she uh, helps mastermind. She's pretty judgmental plan. Early, early on. But um, but somebody says, don't you feel like you have something inside of you that's like bursting to get out? And Taylor goes, no. And then she just walks off. And it was like, I was wondering, it, it, why does why does Taylor say that? Like, it, it, I think she's living her passion. OK, yeah, I think that's part of it. And uh, there's also she is she's a maintainer of the divisions. At this yeah. point, she is not in the we're all in this together. Do whatever you want. Be you. She's in the. We have our roles and we're going to live our roles and they're going to be socially mandated and we're not going to rock that boat. (laughs) And if we stick to these categories hard enough, they're going to win basketball and we're going to win scholastic. And she has identified, at least for now, her passion is academic decathlon and it's not personal to get out because that is who I am. Mm-hmm. That is yeah. my only identity right yeah, now. No, no dating, no boys, no sports. No creme brulee. Yeah. Yeah. So, so do you see this as a positive thing or a negative thing or just a neutral thing? 
Um, I think it's it has both positive and negative because yeah. it's positive for her to like be living her identity. And it, it does seem like that is the good place for her. It just like uh, Chad, like basketball seems like the good place for him. He doesn't have an alternative passion that he's hiding. Um, but it's negative in that she's maintaining the divisions and she's preventing other people from following their bliss. She's found her yeah. bliss and she's, she's following to, her bliss and she's trying to domineer other people into like sticking in their category because it supports her in her drive to win her category. And she needs cool. a team to do. So she's, yeah. she's driving them to be her team. Yeah. Got it. Because it, she gets to win her thing. Uh, I want us to talk quickly about Troy and uh, about Gabriella. What, um, I mean, is there a lot of depth to either of these characters? And if so, how much, or are we just dealing with, uh, fairly surface level at this point because of the target audience and you, I mean, you're borrowing a little from Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. you're borrowing a little from Greece, yeah. you know, you're borrowing from a couple of uh, sources and, and telling this kind of, uh, very chaste and, uh, child-friendly love story. Yeah. Uh, that is as much about them getting, it's not so much about them romantically getting there as them working together to achieve a dream. Yeah. Right? I think, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it seems like the movie focuses a little more on Troy and his dilemma mm-hmm. um, with the situation and like his conversations with his dad. He's like, well, what if I want to try something different? And so you do get some character moments where he's like, he's trying to address this, mm-hmm. but he doesn't know how to express this. Like, like I actually want to try something different. Dad. Like he doesn't know how to express not like, just driving left instead of driving. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's like, <laughs> no, posting. I want to talk about not basketball. Dad. <laughs> and, and he can't like fuel that discussion. And his dad's not inviting that discussion. Yeah, so his, his dad doesn't have another discussion besides basketball yeah. from what we see. And then um, also when Troy talks to like Gabriella on, on, in like the greenhouse gazebo <laughs> at the top <laughs> of the school, um, he says, he's like, you know, I feel a lot of pressure um, to do this, but I want to try this other thing. So he kind of expresses this and Gabriella doesn't seem to have that same drive um, as much. And she doesn't have the same conversations with, with a parental figure or, um, or have the same uh, like strong friend, um, structure that yeah. that Troy has. She doesn't have a Chad that's pushing her and it's like, we've been friends forever and you want to win basketball. I mean, and so she does she, have the conflict early on where she says, I, she does I'm have, in a new school. I don't want to be the nerdy smart girl. Within yeah. a day, she's the nerdy smart girl, but she just kind of goes along with it. Yeah. And so they don't spend as much time with mm-hmm. her. So we don't get to see that character, but I think they could easily have um, a similar dilemma. She also doesn't seem to be getting the pressure from her parent. Um, to like stick with smart stuff. Yeah, yeah I guess her mom true. seems to be like, mm, I could be supportive of, of singing, but I feel like it, it's implied that there's some pressure, but it's not explicit. Well, I'm trying to think back and Todd, you could, or Andrew, you seem like you've both seen this more than me. When she does say that to her mom at the beginning in the school, where she says, I don't want to be the nerdy smart or nerdy genius mm-hmm. girl, whatever the line is. Um, I think the mom just says, that's fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not like, like it, yeah. it's pretty neutral. Whereas it's, it's Troy's like, dad is saying, it's like you're in a new place. Right. You're like, basketball. you'll do stuff. And, and what I think her mom says, like, whatever's naturally you will blossom. And, and, you know, she's not worried about her finding her identity. Yeah. Um, but she's also not saying it's like, well, you should try something different then. You know, she's not, she's not supporting change or preventing change. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a neutral influence. Yeah, I mean, I think her mom, like you said, she'll support her in whatever she does. Mm-hmm. I, certainly, Troy is the, I mean, he's like the main character. We we see his development more. It's interesting, at the beginning, we see Gabriella, she's super shy at the karaoke thing, and he kind of 
it's his, it's his singing that gets her started. And then at the very, very end, again, she's like in front of all those people and she's super shy. Um, and he has to remind her that it's like kindergarten, which I don't know. I don't know why that line is the thing that makes her. Um, they, they, it's one of the conversations they had earlier was like how you can be in kindergarten and not know somebody. And then suddenly they're your best friend okay. because they're them and you're you. And, and you just play games. I do okay. remember that. That it's, uh, in, in, so in, it, is, it is a reference to earlier. Yeah. In there, in okay. the hallway discussion, right? I think it's the I think it's the the greenhouse gazebo. Oh, but so then she sings, and we talked about when we talked about cool runnings. We talked about um, one way to kind of judge a character's uh, change is to put them in a similar situation at the beginning of the film that they are at the end of the film, or put them in a similar situation at the end of the film that they are at the beginning of the film, and see if they react differently. And um, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much change we see in Gabriella from the beginning to the end. If that's gonna, if that's gonna be the, the the bar to judge her by. Yeah, I think. Yeah, and some ways she, she goes through pretty much the same pattern. Yeah, you, you would have seen more change if either they had crashed and burned more mm-hmm. in the beginning mm-hmm. in their karaoke, like it had worked well, and then they rise through it at the end, or she hadn't been nervous, she just owned it at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. Um, and also for the change for Zach uh, or uh, Troy, I was wondering. Would it? I, it just would have been different because right now it's kind of he gets to have his cake and eat it too. Like well, all the yeah, streams came true. I mean, yeah, he, he he got to sing, he got to win the game, he got the trophy, and he, he gets his, the girl. He gets he, the winning the winning shot the in the basketball game. Yeah, I mean things are working. Yeah, he's got like all it's all uh, aces for him. It's it's yeah. all coming up, Troy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and I'm wondering, would like would it have felt more satisfying, but not as emotionally different if he had clanked that shot? at the end because his dad gave him a whole monologue about it doesn't matter yeah. if you clank the shot which is the good dad moment mm-hmm. like like we you get a mix of good dad bad dad from mm-hmm. troy's dad yeah and i it hits an emotional note that you just don't need at the end of this movie like, like I, I don't think like the, the, the triumph that matters for the story they're telling is them at the callback mm-hmm. that is the story and i think the implication in the basketball one is like hey if you're if you're you know trying the new stuff and being true and, and supporting other people and getting support from other people, then everything comes up roses. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like what they're saying is like, Hey, everything's better when you do it this way. And the basketball is just a metaphor. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Hey, everything's great now. And I think, I mean, it, it, I could see ways where it, it is way too cheesy where like everyone's like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like there's no disappointment in him clanking the yeah. shot. That would have been too cheesy. Uh, but I think it could have worked and still been an emotionally satisfying journey. I feel like that's a hard line to for, tell. <laughs> for him to miss and have disappointment, but then still have the, it's going to be okay. Not like we're going to mm-hmm. celebrate. But I mean, they end on a great celebratory number that yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If they just I, I think they just needed to get to the celebratory. End. Well, it doesn't make Cause a whole lot of sense. Because you're on the high anyway, because Ryan and Sharpay are like there and they're just happy. Yes, happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, joking with the people who, track. yeah. <laughs> This is not the Sharpay I saw in Act One. Yeah, she I mean, had a transformation, I guess. Okay, if we're talking about transformation, yeah, really. at the beginning to where they are at the end, there's a very abrupt Sharpay transformation. Yeah, and well, I do and not maybe know. Maybe that's why she ended up getting her own movie uh, later on. <laughs> but I mean, I, I don't think that the point of this movie is uh, like great character development. I think that the point of this movie is the message. Like the message is the is the important thing, and the characters are just kind of along for the ride. I mean, yeah, they're there to tell us something, but we don't see uh, their their development as characters is not super fundamental. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. Need to like we, we're not dealing with sophisticated archetypes. No. They're pretty fundamental. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're archetypes that aren't being disrupted terribly much. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but still with the overall message of we should disrupt some of these archetypes. I mean, yeah. that is inherent to it. Okay. Yeah, it's like archetypes are good for stories, bad for life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, that's good. Um, I wanted to share, I, I just put a quick call and it was just very shortly before we recorded on Facebook to our, our listeners and a couple have responded. So listener Kaylee, um, I just asked for thoughts about high school musical. And she said, my friends and I were juniors in high school when the first one came out. So we were the peak demographic for it as a lover of musicals. It was awesome to see a musical about people might, age that was clean unlike Greece it dealt with issues that high schoolers deal with as a female Zac Efron was easy on the eyes and while some may disagree I truly think the music and overall production value was excellent for a made for TV movie and I agree with that for a made for TV movie they're getting they're nailing you know that level this is pretty well executed as the sequels came out my friends and i saw them as nostalgia and guilty pleasure fulfillment if you want a truly iconic moment to discuss the second movie which I have not seen but sounds like you two have yes uh, the second movie has a truly epic and cringeworthy solo by Zac Efron called Bet on It. Is that an accurate description? (laughs) He's like running around a golf course and he's hitting golf balls and stuff. It says the cheese factor is as high as the teenage angst. And and he's (laughs) he's in like a dark t-shirt and he's like, it's, it's his like, yeah, it's his solo. It's his and dark it's like, solo. It's like, yeah, oh. it's, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have to give uh, him credit for wholly committing to the scene. Which again, like, uh, oh I, yeah, he he's. I said all in. I said the the solo scene in the basketball one and this one doesn't work for me. But it's not because of him. I think it's something off in the directing and the, yeah, it, the way it, it's, it's just that moment doesn't track. Yeah, but he mm-hmm. is he doesn't look embarrassed or like he's trying to sell it. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't think it's oh, his yeah. fault that it doesn't sell. It's something wrong with it, the, it's just the yeah, it, it, it. it's. Everything about that moment is like, ah, it just doesn't hit. Yeah. Like the rest of the movie. But he, but he seems committed to it. And so Mm -hmm. it seems like he still carries that on. Um, and she, uh, this is again, listener Kaylee. She says, overall, I think the music is the best part of all three movies. There are some great songs. I think it definitely appealed more to girls than boys, but I have great memories of those movies, probably because they're associated with my friends and good times in school. I could go on, but I won't. Not going to lie. I'm stoked you're going to talk about these movies. Uh, well, (laughs) only one so far. I can't promise any, any future episodes (laughs) on the sequels. Uh, but I think also, um, the fact that this is targeting that that demographic of you know ju- just about to enter high school or just has entered high school, there's going to be a huge nostalgia. Like I will not be surprised if there's a wave of like uh, a remake or a revisiting this world in some way. Like we yeah. joked about it, but like there will be a nostalgia wave because that is such a peak moment for forming emotional memories, right? Because <laughs> the emotions get so yeah. high, um, and the bonds of friendship are so strong at that moment in life. Um, so I think she raises a good point. And then Andrew, I also had a comment from the, is this, is this Keistra Dorowski? Do, do not make that joke. Back that up. Okay. <laughs> she, she doesn't appreciate nope, that. Nope. nope, nope. <laughs> yeah, she's had that her whole life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then there's another comment from Andrew. I believe, you know, this one, Kestra. Yeah. <laughs> You're familiar. Yeah. It's <laughs> my wife, your wife and co-host of Disney animation, uh, animated minute. Essentials. Animation. Oh, animation minute essentials. Yeah. Okay, uh, and Kestra says, "So I really like it when I was younger. Liked it when I was younger. I was into the musical theater and stuff. And eventually, in my uh, my middle school, did a production of it when I was in high school, and I volunteered to help out. It was fun watching it this week with Andrew Dorowski was like dry, diving into old memories. And that's kind of what Kaylee was kind of finishing out uh, uh, her thoughts with at the end. I didn't realize how much of it I still had memorized lines and music." Also, I noticed a few things that I told Andrew to mention. One, Zach is a baby, which I just saw. Yeah, baby Efron. I really, I, I just, a couple weeks ago, I saw Greatest Showman. And uh, even leaving that, my wife, who I think she said she saw this one, she said like, oh, Zach looks like an adult now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then you see him in this and you're like, mm, not. Nah. Yeah. yeah. But in some ways that, that works for um, high school musicals where so often there is like, well, that's a 22-year-old playing a 15-year-old. And it's not yeah. working. And, and this is like 18 playing 16. Yeah. 
Um, and she notes that he only sang a few things in this one. And she says, Vanessa also looks young, but it's mostly Zach. <laughs> Seems really young when she looks at it. And she notes, this is not how auditions work. And yeah, we, I, I think we touched on that. This is not how musical theater in high school works. Uh, she looks like she's not a fan of Mrs. Darvis, the drama teacher. Is that accurate here? Yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> neither of us were because I think especially it, it's, it, I mean, I'm surprised it's not more visceral for you, Joseph, because you. I did high school. But yeah. You but did, she's you so clearly a caricature. School. Like to me, this isn't. And maybe Kestra's had more negative experiences yeah. with people who are a little too close to this. <laughs> maybe. It's like, it's like, like, there are drama <laughs> teachers who take this stuff way too seriously. Yeah. Just like Mrs. Darvis. Yeah, yeah, for me, like she was, she was being played so broadly. It wasn't like, oh, this is my, like you can't watch it and think that's what drama yeah. teaches. And, you and maybe it's not broad enough for some people's experience. Maybe I guess is it, that was my reaction. Uh, <laughs> she notes that the school is bizarre, and <laughs> we talked about that. Who has a garden on the roof uh, and the giant basketball team plays? But oh, oh, she she notes that one too, and she says the coach's office in the men's locker room. But that's what our high school had the. Uh, men's yes, coaches offices were in the, lo- in the locker room. Uh, and this, big locker room. She asked the important question, does Coach Bolton teach anything? <laughs> they say he does at one point. Yeah, like the principal, oh, that principal with a, a, like a very uh, like bald preference for the basketball team over drama. Yes. That was that was rough <laughs> to watch. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then she also notes, I think this got pointed out too, but the weather that, that's supposed to be January mm-hmm. Albuquerque just doesn't quite work. And she notes that status quo is the best song. I also want to mention if you're watching this and you watch the the opening scene um, at at the New Year's party, those fireworks are those fireworks are the biggest fireworks. fireworks <laughs> they're bigger ever. than the mountain. It's like in Napoleon Dynamite when he says, "What do you want to bet? I can throw this over the mountain." Those <laughs> yeah. fireworks were bigger than yeah. The mountain. I was like, I was like that is some that is a bad uh, overlay <laughs> of firework effects. I'm like, guys, those fireworks are way too yeah, big. yeah, because it's clearly shot shot in. So like with the Rocky Mountains and yeah, like that might be Park City or massive, something. and uh, those, those those fireworks, fireworks are, are like right up close. It's like they're way too big. That's just yeah. that's appalling. Yeah, that's like military grade fireworks for <laughs> for being used for that New Year's celebration. <laughs> but this is like this has been pretty fun to talk about. Oh yeah, I've definitely enjoyed this conversation. So thank you, and, and Adrian, like, uh, Tyler for oh, yeah. suggesting that we do this one, pulling out John Locke yes. and talking about that status quo stuff. I'm like decent decent stuff to talk about yeah this is not just oh, a yeah. twiggy right there, there's some things where it's like well okay there that's entertaining but there's nothing there there's no there there yeah it's like, it's uh, like there's, there's there's depth it might not be the characters but there's depth yeah i, I mean they're also upfront with the depth like there's in some ways it's shallow depth because there's kind of like they sing a song about hey this is this is the depth we're talking about we're all in this together but like they nailed it yeah uh-huh. And and it, it's entertaining. The songs are catchy. Since I watched it, I have had the refrain of we're all in this together. together. He's like, you kind of lean your shoulders oh, yeah. like it's the dance. Uh, I haven't, but uh, I can't unsee what I just saw. <laughs> so now I've got, <laughs> I've got a new visual that's going to go with the earworm song stuck in my head. <laughs> I'll try that, Andrew. Uh, give that a whirl. Uh, but no, I, I think this has been a fun discussion and oh, it's not yeah. something that was on our radar to actually tackle as one of our topics. So thank you again, uh, Tyler, for, for asking us to do this. 
I think that is going to wrap this up. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. For show notes and links to all of other great Dueling Genre shows, go to DuelingGenre.com. Also, please subscribe to the Protagonist Podcast in your podcast app of choice. And please leave us a review. That really helps us out. We'd like to thank Nick English, who designed our logo, and Scott Tofty, who composed our theme music. If you enjoyed this episode, you may want to go back and check out uh, when we talked about some of Kenny Ortega's earlier work in Hocus Pocus and in our discussion of Gilmore Girls. Um, Also... I mean, it's a very different high school experience, but both Sing Street and Mean Girls, like I thought about how like the the different kinds of high schools that are being portrayed um, in these. And um, and I think in some ways people would say, well, this one is the least realistic, but this was actually of those. This was probably closest to my high school experience. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Not so much with the drugs and all the other issues that get explored in some of those other ones. Um, you can suggest stories or characters for us to discuss or give us any comments or corrections by emailing feedback at protagonistpodcast.com. We're also on Twitter. You can follow Protagonist Pod, Todd K. Mack, Jay Dorowski. Our producer, Andrew, is at Disminute on Twitter. And our Facebook fan page is facebook.com slash protagonistpodcast. We have really good conversations there with our listeners and would love for you to come by and say hello and join in the conversation. If you would like to support the show financially, you can buy a topic for us to discuss or show your appreciation with a monetary donation by going to patreon.com slash protagonist. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back next week to discuss another great character and a great story. So long. So long. I didn't know if we were going to go down this route, but um, oh, what's the name of the essay? John Locke. Uh, <laughs> I was not expecting. What did John Locke write that's relevant on, to I High wanna... School Musical? Well, I was thinking about this because I uh, let me just find the exact title of this essay where he's talking about. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to cut. You don't have to fill this. Okay. This space. I don't know. <laughs> After, it takes like, us, this little... after we say this is going to be short, it takes us 50 minutes, 50 minutes to okay. summarize it, and then Joe and then Joe leads with, "Let me go ahead and go ahead and go to John Locke." <laughs> like I don't know if John Locke has been referenced directly on this podcast at this point. Okay.